Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our great diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herth Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our great platinum sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Booster Digital Displays. Revolutionize your game day experience. We also want to thank Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD. Our guest today is Rebecca Hoffman. Rebecca is a certified master athletic administrator, and she's the athletic director at Harlem High School in McChesney Park, Illinois. Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, we're very excited to hear what's going on in your part of the country. Uh, for our listeners, we're recording this on April 5th. So, um, you know, many parts of the country uh, are in the middle of spring sports, but we're going to find out what's happening uh, with uh, Illinois today. Rebecca, uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school, and kind of how you got started in this business of athletic administration. Um, well, I was very, very young when my brother played football. Um, he was a high school football player and I was four years old. Um, and my love for athletics started when he and his teammates went on to win the state championship um, his senior year. Um, I ended up moving. My parents bought a house in a different city. So I went to Stevenson High School in Lincolnshire, Illinois. Um, I graduated from there with a class of like 760. It was just crazy. Um, I was on the golf team, the bowling team, and the badminton team. Um, so for a couple of years, I was a three-sport athlete. Uh, then I went to the University of Nebraska. So picked up and kind of moved a couple of states over. Um, I was a member of their bowling team. Um, which is, if anybody knows bowling, uh, oh, yeah. Nebraska has a, an amazing bowling team. Um, I majored in Spanish and political science, and I wanted to be a foreign service officer. So I took the test. Um, there's like a five-part test. I didn't get very far, so I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe an ambassadorship isn't meant for Rebecca. Um, so I came back home, and um, my dad had passed away like six months prior to my graduation. So I came home, lived with my mom, suburbs of Chicago. And then I decided to go to grad school because why not? Um, and I went to DePaul University and I got my master's in education. And then I started teaching. Um, I was a Spanish teacher for many years. I did a year at a middle school 
um, found out that middle school was not it. And then I went to high school. Um, I was um, a Spanish teacher at Round Lake High School um, for 13 years. And that coincided with um, all kinds of opportunities. Um, as a Spanish teacher, I was able to take students to Spain. Uh, we went on a trip to all around Spain, went on a trip all around Europe, uh, Spain, France, and Italy. I took kids to Costa Rica. Um, so it was an amazing opportunity for me to to know kids outside of a classroom. Um, then kind of, I was, I was a bowling coach at the time. Um, I was a bowling coach for 10 years. And um, then I started getting into athletic supervision and I kind of volunteered my time. Um, and then it turned into like a duty. So instead of study hall, I had athletics. And then that turned into the assistant athletic director. Um, I went at the time to get my, what they call in Illinois, the principal prep um, certification. So I got another master's from Northeastern and then set on my journey to find an athletic director job so that I was the person making the decision. Um, so then I landed at Harlem and it's just been, it's been a crazy time the last two years. Wow, uh, great story. I always love hearing these. Um, and uh, again, talking about a couple of points you brought up, your bowling experience in Nebraska. I can't remember where I saw it. Is 60 Minutes or ESPN, but a big feature on Nebraska bowling. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, the Alabama bowling. Uh, so that must have been quite an experience. Yeah, it definitely was um, different than what I expected. Um, collegiate bowling is not what you think of when, you know, someone does bowling. Um, it's, it's pretty rigorous and at a place like Nebraska, I mean, they have a reputation for a reason. Um, for me, I was more practice squad, uh, than travel competition, but I did get to travel while I was in college and, um, it, it the tournaments are amazing. Uh, if anybody ever gets a chance to go see a collegiate bowling tournament, I highly recommend it. Oh yeah. Just to be a part of a program uh, of that caliber is great. Um, the other thing that stuck out was, you know, your path leading to your position as an athletic director. Uh, I think a lot of our younger listeners just don't understand the importance of getting involved, you know, in volunteering, you know, to, you know, hey, take the gate at a, at a home game or the supervisory things you talked about. Uh, and then, of course, the additional education. Um, Let's go and talk a little bit about, you know, your state affiliation and your involvement uh, at NIAAA, you know, that we mentioned earlier, you are a certified master athletic administrator, which is quite an elite group. Uh, only about 4% of athletic directors in the country have achieved that. So just share a little bit about that journey, getting involved at the state level and then getting your CMAA. Sure. Um, so I had gotten my CAA prior to getting my second master's in administration. As the assistant athletic director, I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to take classes. My athletic directors suggested it. Um, so I became a part of the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. And then an NIAAA along with that. Um, I went to some conferences, took a lot of classes. I just enjoyed learning and would come back from all of the classes, whether they were you know, in-person or now online. And I just wanted to implement the whole entire world. Everything that they talked about, I was 
I was all for it. I, I wanted to figure out how, ways to get that involved in, in my school. Um, and then during the pandemic, I took a couple of online classes that were offered from the NIAAA and I took the classes that I needed. And then I wrote my, um, my project and went from there. Um, another CMAA from the um, certification committee read my project. Um, and then he called me to tell me that I had my CMAA. Um, it was a lot of time on, on classes um, and even just formulating my project. Um, I had done a project um, and I just, I, I really didn't know how to put it out there as like, this is something that helped my school. This is something that I implemented because we do that all the time. We're always constantly implementing new things that we learn and as athletic directors, I don't necessarily think that we can pick just one to focus on. So that was my experience was just trying to narrow it down and then tell all the wonderful things about how this was implemented at my school. Um, so I didn't, I just recently got my CMAA. It'll be, well, it was a year ago. So um, luckily I had some amazing people that helped me along the way. And now um, I'm the state certification chair for the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. Um, I took that over because Tina Willard um, is going to, is our president elect. Um, so she will be our president next year and couldn't hold a couple of spots on the board. So volunteered to do it. Um, she and I talked a little bit and I took it on full force. Um, it's been great getting to know people and walk them through their certifications. Um, it's, it's really nice meeting people, even in a pandemic, um, and being able to help them and, you know, guide them through the classes that they need and help them or proofread their project or whatever the case might be. Um, these are people that I never would have met otherwise. Well, again, it's just a great lesson for our listeners about the importance of getting involved and taking advantage of those opportunities. And, uh, you know, I'm the state uh, certification coordinator for Florida as well, and a longtime member of uh, the National Certification Committee. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who is the person that uh, read your project? Mm, it was a gentleman from South Dakota. Okay, that would have been Joey Struy. And, you know, Joey's great. Uh, he, he's still on. In fact, he took my spot as vice chair as I rolled off in December. Uh, the other thing is um, every year the NIAAA hosts the state coordinators meeting in Indianapolis. So I'll get to see you uh, in person in September. So uh, looking yes. forward to that. Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to make the most of the just kind of, you know, the networking that I've, that I've become kind of accustomed to. Um, and also interesting and exciting news for me is I am, I will sit on a committee um, starting next year, a national committee. Oh, very cool. Congratulations. Okay. You know, Rebecca, in our business, we always talk about the importance of leadership and particularly mentorship. So I'm curious, who were some of your mentors growing up? Uh, maybe parents or coaches or even people that you worked with or worked for? Whose voice do you still hear in your head when you're talking with um, your coaches? I've got a few of them. Um, my parents obviously were mentors. Um, my mom really wasn't involved in sports, but my dad was just, he was a huge bowler, had done it for years, um, always wanted me to just do the best that I could. 
um, I always kind of hear that in the back of my head um, when I analyze situations like how is this the best that you can do personally. Um, I had a Spanish teacher in high school. His name was Lino Martinez, and anybody who's from around Northern Illinois knows that name. Um, he was he is uh, a wrestling coach, um, but as a professor, as a teacher, he's the reason I became a Spanish teacher. Just he was just I don't know phenomenal, and always talked about having ganas, which means the want and the desire to do something. So I always think of him, um, and then. My old AD, um, the guy that I learned from, um, and he was an athletic director at my school for 10 years. Um, I had, I think six of them with him and the opportunity to learn and kind of be his understudy. Um, how does he deal with certain, certain situations? And for me, I'm a planner. So like, I don't like to have situations come up without me knowing about them. Um, and he always told me that an athletic director is like putting out a fire. Every day you just walk in and you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, so he kind of helped me through that. And then there's a group of female athletic directors that I'm pretty close with, um, that I talk with on a daily basis. Um, I mentioned Tina Willard, um, Becky Moran, and they have both just helped me in ways that I couldn't do this job without them. Um, I have a list of athletic directors that I call upon, um, not just those two, but everybody around here has just we're always willing to help each other, so. You know, um, it's just so impressive to hear about, you know, the, the path that uh, athletic directors have followed. Um, can you pick out an event, you know, maybe uh, in those early years as an AD that you look back now as being kind of a um, capstone type of experience that really, you know, lets you know, you know, hey, I'm an athletic administrator right now. Um, I think, well, prior to the pandemic um, in 2019, my school that I'm currently at, Harlem High School, um, is known for hosting the Dvorak Wrestling Tournament. And it is a 40 team monstrosity of a tournament. Um, it's two days, it's eight mats, it's you know 14 officials. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I, when I took the job, my assistant was like, you know, we host the Dvorak. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Um, then we went shopping for the coach's room, for the hospitality room, for all the things that we needed. And I was like, what, what am I getting myself into? And then that morning, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I have an hour drive from work. So I had been up or from home. So I had been up since like 3.30 in the morning. I look in the gym, all the mats are set up, all the clocks are ready to go. And I was like, wow, this is it. Like, this is what I do. If I can get through this, I can get through anything. Um, and I think that was the first time that it really truly hit me on what we as athletic administrators are capable of doing. And nobody knows, like they just, they see it. It's, it's there, it's set up, it's ready to go. The teams are there, the buses are done, the officials are there. And we coordinate that and nobody knows but other athletic administrators what we go through and what the context and what the span of our job is. And so they truly do see, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say like, we don't, we don't advertise that. We don't really advertise what it is that we do but sometimes people just, they, they don't know. 
No, they, they see the tip of the iceberg. Uh, they really don't see everything that goes into hosting those events that are just coming off flawlessly because somebody like you has done the groundwork to prepare that. So it does come off great. Um, Rebecca, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is share what we call best practices. Now, you know, you've been in a couple of different schools. You certainly have a lot of experience in athletics. What are a couple of things that you do at Harlem that when you uh, take a step back and evaluate, you can say with equal parts, pride and humility, boy, we do this better than anybody else. What are some best practices that you can share with us? So there's a couple. Um, I mean, we have a lot of things that we do pretty well. Um, and coming in, this is my second year here, um, you know, a whole year has gone through with COVID. Um, and so I didn't, haven't implemented the things that I necessarily wanted to when I first stepped in. Um, still kind of a transition time. But one of the things that I really focus on is great. Um, I, I just think, like most athletic administrators, obviously students are, student athletes are students first. Um, but I want to make sure that our grades are accurate, our grades for eligibility and the teams um, and the players are out, that are eligible are paying. And if they're not, what are they doing um, to fix their grades? So for me, one of the things that I did was a competition, a yearly competition with our student athletes um, grouped by uh, team. And it's on a big board in our, um, in our main gym and it's got the teams and then their GPA. And then it has the overall who had the best GPA of the year. Um, and it's kind of a running thing. Um, we started it this year. So we'll see where grades are at the end of the year. Um, but just to see kind of that inner competition, that inner squad competition of, you know, grades are important and let's show that, you know, the girls golf team, we have the best GPA. Um, you know, we're not just golfers or, you know, the bowling team or the football team or the baseball team, it doesn't matter, but that inner competition on, on grades, because grades are so important. Um, one of the other things that I do is every Monday, I do my eligibility checks and I don't just rely on what the computer spits out. Um, we changed eligibility a little bit on like when we pull eligibility, because as a teacher, I was a teacher for almost 15 years. And I can tell you that I would use the weekend to do my grading. Well, if someone pulled eligibility on Friday, my grades weren't accurate. Um, so one of the things that I do is make individual contact with all of the teachers that have a student that's ineligible just to make sure that the grade is correct. Um, I wouldn't want to hold a student out if the teacher hadn't had a chance to put the correct grades in. Um, I think it's really important to make sure that that's accurate and that um, the teachers know that you aren't messing around with grades. Like grades are number one priority. Um, I also think something that we just started, um, if anybody follows my Twitter, they've been seeing like trivia questions and like little geocaching things around um, campus. Our campus is open. We have, um, we have practices, we have competitions and um, our, we have a hybrid mix. So there's, you know, on Tuesdays and Thursdays or Mondays and Fridays or Wednesdays and Fridays, whatever it is, um, there are students on campus. So I put like little 
uh, laminated notes in the stadium so that when we have a fresh soft football game that's not really widely attended, I'm trying to get kids to come back safely. Um, and so I put like little vouchers and they can turn them into me for a gift card. Um, there's trivia questions on Twitter that they can email me the answers and they'll get a gift card. Um, our boosters were love, lucky enough and they had some money left over from last year that they supplied these gift cards. Um, I really am trying to get kids involved through this COVID crisis um, and just know that there's there are things for them to do. Um, we want them to be a part of the culture and the school and, you know, come, come back, come back slowly, come back safely. Um, and just that they can't sit in their rooms and just be on their computer for remote learning and with, with the grapes closed and, um, we want to pull them out of that, that funk that a lot of kids are experiencing. You know, um, we'll do this again at the end of the uh, interview, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and kind of pick your brain on some of these activities, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, the email is the best. Um, my email is rebecca.hoffmann at harlem122.org. Again, we'll do that again at, at the end of the podcast. Uh, you and I were talking before we came on. And uh, again, reminder to our listeners, we're recording this on April 5th. So we're a little bit past the one-year anniversary of COVID. And uh, we've seen a different response across the country uh, from schools with regards to reopening academically as well as resuming sports. And I think Illinois had, you know, one of the more unique uh, approaches. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on right now in your state. Uh, and again, not just return to school, but return to sports. You know, what's happening? Um, everything. <laughs> it's been um, quite a journey. Um, I think I've redone my scheduling probably seven or eight times. Um, right now, uh, it's April 5th. Um, and we have in Illinois now, this is our fourth season that's starting. We had uh, fall, which was kind of our cross country, our girls swimming, our individual, our tennis, more low risk sports. Um, football, girls volleyball, and boys soccer was moved to this spring sport. Um, then we had winter, which as many of your listeners know, um, some of the Illinois athletic directors have been on this podcast during that time. And we had a pause, like a, sh a shutdown since from Thanksgiving to middle of January. So we came back from that um, and had a six week, um, six week winter season. So that was basketball and um, boys swimming, uh, bowling. Um, wrestling was taken out of that, that comes later. Um, so back in the beginning of March, uh, we started football, girls volleyball, and boys soccer. So nothing like March football in Illinois. Um, there were a lot of turf fields that needed to be cleared, um, a lot of arrangements with other schools to use any stadiums that had turf. Um, for example, my school has turf, um, and I've rented my turf out to other schools for the next well, at now it's three weeks, um, but all weekends have been booked solid for people in my area needing to use turf. And 
for me, it's just a hospitable thing. If I was in that situation, I would want someone to help me out. Um, so we are helping out our neighborhood schools uh, with that. And we still have three more weeks of football, girls, volleyball, and boys soccer. And today being April 5th starts our traditional spring sports. So girls soccer, uh, boys track and field, girls track and field, baseball, softball, boys tennis, and boys volleyball. So at this time we have 10 or 11 sports going. Um, and in the last uh, three or four weeks, the transition has been through almost all of our sports. It's just been a whirlwind. Um, wrestling will come in in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, so they move, Illinois moved wrestling from the winter to the summer uh, and that ends. All of our spring sports end June 12th-ish, uh, depending on how far the season goes. Um, if I can make it through the next couple of weeks, I'll be good to go. Yeah, as you were telling me that um, before we came on, I was just thinking to myself, I'm so glad that we are not doing that, you know, here in Florida. So uh, all the best uh, as you move forward with that. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Rebecca, another question we've been asking athletic directors since we started doing these revolves around the idea of social awareness and social justice, if you will. And my question has been this. You know, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors? What are some things that we can do better? Um, what's your thought on that? So my district does a lot of equity training. Um, that's a big, one of those big ideas from my superintendent that's trickled down and, and all of our staff does equity training. Um, our school improvement days are spent doing equity training, equity exercises, discussion about equity. Um, so for us and, and a couple of our surrounding schools, um, we've actually lowered like our sports participation fee. Um, the surrounding larger schools, uh, the larger district in Rockford, um, they, um, they completely gutted their activity fees um, just to get more students involved because of the fact that some students can't afford to participate. Um, so that's really, that's across the board. It doesn't, that's, that's just, uh, you know, whether or not you can participate, it doesn't matter on what background you have. Um, I think for athletic administrators, we have to understand who we are and what we bring to the table. Um, I am a white female and I only know how to be a white female. So I come with the ideas from that perspective. I don't know what it is like to be a white male sitting at a table or a black male sitting at the table or, or a black female sitting at the table. Um, so I often start my sentences um, in discussions saying, as a white female, because this is where I'm coming from. I don't know what everybody else's perspective is like. And I think that we need to understand that there are different perspectives. Um, you know, people who are in my um, Illinois Athletic Directors Association, they, it's, it's highly um, male. And so that's nothing, that's not a knock, but you know what everyone else is experiencing from the experience that you bring. Um, so I think that's something that we need to look at is the experiences that we bring are unique and we can never talk for somebody else. Um, so I think that's something that we have to 
we have to think about. And I just, I think we have to have uncomfortable conversations. Um, we do that as a staff on our school improvement days. Um, you know, we, we talk about those uncomfortable things. We talk about being in uncomfortable situations. We talk about our feelings and how recent events in the news um, that have trickled down, how do they affect us and what are we feeling? And you have to be completely honest and be willing to accept what other people are having in that discussion. Um, they may agree with you, they may not agree with you, um, but you know, that's the uncomfortableness. We're adults. We need to make sure that we're acting like that because if we aren't acting as adults, how are we supposed to influence our young, um, in our case, student athletes? And as, um, as regular administrators, how do we influence our student, our student body? Um, for us, we have some pretty awesome stuff going on at the school. Um, we, have, uh, we have a lot of students involved in our multicultural uh, group. We have, as I said, the we have our equity meetings. I'm a part of the equity team. Um, we have a social justice committee. Um, uh, we have uh, transgender students um, and we include them. And, you know, I've had to do some paperwork with our IHSA about transgender students participating um, and just trying to have that all inclusive, you know, everybody is safe and welcomed at our at our events and at our, at our school. Yeah, it sounds like you're way ahead of the curve, uh, especially with the student uh, organizations. You know, great stuff. You know, really appreciate you sharing that. Okay. Let's go and lighten things up a little bit. Uh, you know, what's your favorite part about coming to school each day? What gets you excited about coming into Harlan High School? Um. Uh, as everybody answers in the 60 podcasts that I've listened to, it's always about um, kids. Um, besides that, I, I've often said that I have the best job in the high school. Um, and I think every athletic director would say that. Um, we do do a lot. We put a lot of hours in. Um, you know, there might be people who think that, oh, well, you just get paid to watch sports. Um, you're right, I do. Um, but I get to see what kids, I get to see kids doing what they love to do. Um, and it's just really a pleasurable experience now that we're coming out of this COVID uh, pandemic, slowly but surely, um, you know, and taking all the precautions that are, that are advised. Um, I get to see kids play soccer. I get to see kids play volleyball and basketball and yeah they're doing it masked and they're following the rules and we're following the rules and you know our attendance is limited but I just it puts a smile on my face knowing that I get to see this every single day um I also enjoy putting out those fires that I was talking about like I didn't um but as I said I have an hour drive into work um and I often think about what's Phone's going to be ringing. What are people going to be saying? Um, emails that are coming in. What is it going to be? Um, I don't check my email until I get to the office. I've tried to really separate my personal life from my professional life. I'm not I'm still 100% on that, but um, what's waiting for me at the office is really kind of what that's a secondary driver. No, I can certainly relate to that. Uh, and again, it's that feeling of accomplishment when you do put out that fire, hopefully it's a small one, 
uh, as well as, you know, preventing those fires from happening in the first place. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I had, um, for example, just real quick, I had um, my JV team, my JV football team, Fresh Soft. Uh, we didn't have a Fresh Soft uh, opponent um, for our, one of our weeks. Uh, I think it was our week one. Um, and in five minutes, another athletic director and I put together a Fresh Soft football, football game um, so that our kids could play. And that just made me feel like, okay, I got this. I'm back in the swing of things. Um, and and it's those kind of fires that, that that when you put them out, you feel like, I did this. This is my job and I'm good at it. Right. That must have been a nice conversation with your JV coach. Uh, uh, you know, hey, uh, bad news, good news. You know, your game's right. canceled, but hey, guess what? We got you another opponent. So. Well, Rebecca, this has been great getting to know you, uh, add you to my list of Illinois athletic director uh, friends, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And as we mentioned, you're certainly an experienced athletic director, but right now I'm gonna challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox, what three items, are going to go in Rebecca Hoffman's athletic director toolbox. Um, so I actually like wrote a note about this. And as I was listening to other people, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, I went through several drafts of this question. Um, <laughs> kind of how I operate. Because there's so many things that I want to throw in this toolbox. Um, I am I'm really like, I'm flattered that you're calling me an experienced athletic director because I feel like I can't keep my head above water right now. But um, the things that have helped me, um, I keep a master schedule binder um, in pencil. Um, and yes, I have everything on the computer. Yes, the, you know, everybody has access to the schedule, the coaches, the, the community, but I have that master schedule that comes from the conferences, that comes from my contracts, um, and everything goes in there. And I know that that's, if there was a mistake made, I go back to that, or that's the thing that I look at it because it's right next to me every single day. Um, can you use my field for, um, you know, Girl Scout 5K? Um, I, I open up my binder and yes, yes, you can. I'm, I'm, I'm not full that day. Um, the second thing that has really, really helped me, um, as I said, I have some um, amazing people that have helped me through this journey, uh, through the beginning of this journey and still continue to help me. And I have a list of athletic directors right next to my phone that I can call. Um, and it's not just the two that I talk to every day. Um, I kind of have this like revolving list and I go down the line and I'm like, okay, I talked to this person last week. Okay, it's time to hit this person up. Um, one, of the, one of the people that I worked with in my previous conference, um, I called him up and he's like, well, I'm on your list. like. I don't know why I'm on your list, but, um, you know, you just need different athletic directors perspectives. And if you are going through it, someone else has already been through it um, or something similar, and they can talk you off this ledge that you want to walk on. And last, um, I have a journal for my daily events that I journal in, um, whether it's reflective or whether um, I need to write down something for the future. Um, in case it comes back to me, um, I, at the end of the day, I take all my paper scraps that are on my desk, my post-it notes, and I stick it into the 
the day uh, on my journal. And then I go home and I rewrite it so that I can actually read it and know what happened for the day. Um, and that's just, it's helped me out several times. Um, a couple of times my principal has called and said, you know, he's called me and said, um, hey, did you do this on this day? Yes, and this was the outcome. And because I had it written down, I could answer him without having to fumble through an answer um, or remember in my kind of Swiss cheese brain <laughs> what's going on. Uh, we deal with a lot of stuff and it's really hard to remember it all. You know, those are some great ideas. Uh, again, I've got that hard copy notebook scheduler and I'll tell my coaches, I said, uh, if it's not in the book, okay, it doesn't exist. Okay, it might go into the book, but if it's not there, it doesn't exist yet. And I love the journaling part. Uh, that's a new one. We haven't heard that. So uh, really appreciate you sharing that. One more time, Rebecca, uh, if somebody wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit on some of these great ideas, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? Um, so again, my email is R-E-B-E-C-C-A dot H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N at harlem122.org. Okay. Thanks again for uh, being on the podcast today and all the best uh, moving forward with those uh, crazy Illinois seasons. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. Okay. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD YouTube channel. So uh, check those out. Thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.